0: We have the good stuff tonight, Uh, anger, worry, depression, fear, laziness, addiction, sexual issues, issues arising out of abuse or neglect, and even the whole question of love. I'm reminded of the of the religious seven deadly sins, which are nice to recite: pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Right? And so, um, I make a small joke about it, but you know it's serious business for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to be making um, categorical statements about these things tonight. Um, but more my understanding and observations from uh, my own life, and then to open it to uh, ideas that you might have uh, and uh, to discuss. I want to lay out some ideas about what we are calling difficult emotions. Um, This is a huge area. It is human behavior. Shelves of books have been written. And much of religious practice and codes of ethics, to say nothing of law, deal with (coughs) these kinds of behaviors. To say, I have a problem with anger, is step one in the unfolding of an entire life. It is not a separate item to be fixed. Buddhist practice offers useful tools for dealing with difficult states of mind, but also... On the surface, seems about repression. Don't water the negative seeds, as if somehow all our mental states were in, uh, were individual things, which they are not. Yeah? The mindfulness training on sexual responsibility, for instance, begins with the with a, with a stern warning, aware of the suffering that is caused by sexual misconduct. This is the one we use, at least. Um, This first thing in the training is a warning about suffering that can come. There is no statement that sexual energy is the center of who you are and the driving force of creativity. So I want to offer that dealing with difficult states of mind is not about getting rid of them, of covering them up, of ignoring them, of not watering You may indeed want uh, ways to move with these things and to try to work with them. That's certainly legitimate. And I will offer a few thoughts as we get uh, toward the end of what I have to say here. So it is not about getting rid of them, but finding the power held by each. So each is the double element. Um, There is big energy held in each difficult mental state. Each has a difficult, each has a state of of mind, has a negative and a positive side. For example, anger. (laughs) Anger is the motivation to do something. You can, on the negative side, you can sit in your anger, be controlled by it, and you can spill it on people and do nothing. And on the other side, you can recognize it as sparking the need for change it is a powerful force for creativity. And for example, depression <laughs> can be serious, even deadly. But it is also a first awareness of creative movement. And I'll tell you a little story. Um, um, Some many years ago now, I had a um, a dream. Um, and part of my way of working with feelings and emotions is through dream work. Uh, And the dream was a a very interesting, tiny thing. Um, I came up a staircase in a house that I did not know and into a kitchen area. And then there was a darkened living room that had a a set of beads that were hanging over the doorway. But on the table in the living room, as if lit by some inner source, was a beautiful bowl of fresh vegetables. Mm -hmm. Just simply sitting there in the light, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and, and that was the whole dream. Uh, and um, so at that time, I was struggling with depression, I think related to my creative work. And I had the, the, the impulse to do a meditation on that dream with the idea of trying to understand something about my depression. And so I retraced the dream in my mind, I went up the stairs, I saw the kitchen, I saw the living room, I saw the bowl of vegetables, I went into that darkened space, and I asked the question there, "Um, why do I have to be so depressed? And a very quiet, simple answer came back, it was this, we need your depression. It was an odd answer, yeah. We need your depression. Um And why? because the depression is a release of energy from your conscious mind into your deeper place, into your deeper um, parts, where problems are being solved um, and depression, uh, although we don't like it, it has it can be troublesome, we have to learn how to deal with it, and so on. It is fundamentally that capacity for the internal parts of you to be dealing with um, issues, whatever they might be. We need your depression so that it can open up this part of your system, it can open up here so that the creative energy has the possibility of flowing through you it's a very difficult thing and for people who have uh, any kind of creative life uh, you might recognize this, that your mind often feels like you've been drained down into your shoes Uh, (laughs) and uh, that uh, you're not thinking well. And yet I find this true with every piece of music that I am working on, it it has that, um, that quality. At some point there is the sense of I don't know what I'm doing here and it's all and, you know the sense of I don't feel good, I don't feel right because the thing is trying to work its way through there. Um, modern psychiatry tends to treat depression as a body chemistry issue. Um, my experience of it, it is that it is a cover for a large complex of life issues that need to move in a creative way. You hmm. know, I'm not a not, I'm not a quote unquote happy person. <laughs> my wife goes, oh. she would say um, that's true. Uh, she would uh, attribute it to my Slavic uh, temperament, uh, but it is has a lot to do with that kind of preoccupation uh, of something which is going deep. Okay, further example: sexual pressure, which we all experience in any number of ways. It can be expressed in any number of damaging ways. It may itself be the expression of deeper unhappy issues, such as abuse. But it is the driving force of all creative ideas. Every aspect of the physical world is the result of sexual energy. So that takes me back just momentarily because I've always been struggling with that mindfulness training about uh, the very first thing being a stern warning about the sexual power. It is powerful. This is why we have the warnings. It can be abused. This is why we have the warnings. But it is the fundamental source of, of go, of do, of make. And so um, it, is, it is our power. But the question of abuse is a very large one um and particularly childhood sexual abuse and that sexual abuse can be the direct having been uh, forced upon by 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 someone else um it can also be other elements which result in a, a malformation say in your own sexual orientation um And I know about this because I know about my own uh, early life and there are issues there that uh, are powerful. Um, The result of that is the feeling that the world is not a safe place. Um, And uh, I know this because this is my experience of the world. It is not a safe place. And in order for the world to be safe, I have to be perfect. Um, I must get everything right to be acceptable. On the other hand, for me, that has turned into a powerful capacity for focus. So I'm telling you the negatives of it, and now I'm telling you the energy which, is, which grows out of these things. Also, the capacity for getting every detail right in my composing work also being a quote-unquote nice person always aware of other people's feelings being a helpful person and through that through the, the fact of early abuse I have a powerful connection to my inner imaginative world Out of the simple need to survive, my child psyche split itself, and part disappeared into the deep unconscious, just as safety—nobody you know, can touch us there, right? Being totally not aware of this until much later in my life. As this part began to return, as I worked on it through uh, dream work, especially, this path, this part became the pathway from my conscious partnership with the unconscious. And so this, uh, this devastating negative element which can result in troubled uh, uh, life in many ways uh, also has this powerful capacity for the movement into, into, the, into the deep unconscious. So I'm going to say that the issue of sexual abuse has driven my entire life from a place out of sight. I have worked with it in any number of ways since first discovering it in my 30s. Rational understanding through therapy allowed for a functional stability but did not alter the root. What has moved it is a, deep, a deepening meditation practice, particularly the practice of holding. And I'll say more about that uh, as I come toward the end of my, my thoughts here. I will make up a number here and say that 99.9% of our deep emotional and spiritual lives and their further connection and presence with the universal source are out of sight. They are not touched directly by consciousness. The other 0.1% or less is consciousness. Uh, This is our powerful tool for choice but most of us believe that it is the whole story. In dismissing the so-called mystical elements, those things that we don't understand in favor of so-called rational pragmatic approach, we cut off the real basis for choice-making and flow. What is missing in a purely rational approach is the flowing interaction with what I call the other side, the unconscious in all its depths. In the description of the Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara, the serene writing of the waves of birth and death. Yeah, I've loved that statement. Yeah, the serene riding of the waves of birth and death. And in our case, the not-so-serene but amazing journey in tandem with the other side. So this capacity for riding with, for floating with, for um, coming into relationship with your other side as opposed to standing on this side and saying that my rational mind is the whole thing and I have to solve my problems with my rational mind. This is not really how it works all to the best. With this understanding, with the capacity for this flow back and forth. Things show up that can never be conceived rationally. I have this experience every single time I write a piece of music um, that I could not have made this up. No, there's no way that my rational conscious mind could have come up with that idea, that way of, of, of dealing with things. The way in which things, that is, the way in which difficult mental states unfold, that is, begin to move, uh, takes time. The conscious mind has willpower, a sense of the good, a code of ethics, all of which are extremely useful. But to say, I will not drink, for instance, I will control my anger, I will control myself sexually, does not change the root. For me, real change began with crisis, by disaster, by breaking, something which nobody wants. (laughs) The pressure of my young life, out-of-sight issues led to alcoholism, and then to a mental collapse. And I just want to describe that day to you because it's very interesting. Um, I was living in New York City. I was um, teaching at a college. Um, Every day that I went out to teach, I would go from my apartment to Grand Central Station to get on a train to take the commuter train out to where I was going to go. Um, That morning, I got to Grand Central Station. I got myself a cup of coffee. I had a book. I was sitting there in a small coffee shop in the station um, with my book. And uh, do you know the, the publisher logo of the dolphin with the boy riding it? What is that? Uh, Penguin. Penguin, is it? Okay. Uh, so, uh, so I was looking at this little logo on the book and it started to move. <laughs> and I said, whoops. <laughs> 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 and so something was not right. And so, okay, just collect myself. And so I finally got to my train, waited for the train. The door opened. I sat on the train, and I began to get extremely nervous, and I realized this is not going to work, and I got off the train before it, uh, before the train left. And I became a, a, a increasingly agitated at that time, managed to get out to the street, uh, found a cab. The cab driver, uh, this is New York City, you know, And I have found that every time I needed something in New York City, that people were extremely forthcoming. So regardless of what the stories are about cold, no, it's not the case. This cab driver recognized that I was in trouble. He asked me where I lived. uh, And um, I told him, and so he took me to a hospital in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so there I was um, in this hospital. I had been examined by a doctor after waiting a while. I was lying on a Caught, they'd given me a a, 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 um, a sedative, and I'm lying there thinking, "Well, my life is over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I'm going to spend my life uh, crazy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, my life is over." Uh, when in fact, it was just the beginning of my life. Right? It was the door opening that allowed me to 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 grow, uh, to become something else. So the breaking uh, was. Um, critical. And this collapse rose from the deep unconscious. It was not something that I could talk myself into or think myself into or pose a problem for myself. I'm now going to meditate about this. I'm going to think about that. No, you can't do that. There's no way to, to, to know about such things until they actually rise. After this um, was this episode uh, had passed and I began to recover from it and to move um, into more open ways of thinking, I began to have a feeling of anger. Why was I allowed to get so close to death? And the answer came back because this was the only way I could have gotten my own attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I couldn't break into it myself. Yeah. So this had to come from somewhere else than my conscious mind. And out of this began to grow the bigger picture of who I truly was and why I was in this world at this time. So once you understand who you are, that is in that bigger sense of the force of your life and you've identified it and begin to move with it, once you have that starting to move, the whole question of difficult mental states takes on a different aspect altogether. Uh, Rather than trying to fix isolated problems, the full power of a life begins to move forward and in that motion many problems begin to release themselves. Yeah, there's still work to be done. You know the roots of issues are, are there, and and they will continue to move. But you are allowing yourself the full positive power of who you are, as opposed to the preoccupation with I must fix this, 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 or this. So uh, there are two things that I want to offer in working with uh, difficult states of mind. One of them is the idea of holding. And this is a a practice which comes out of meditation. Um, And it is a a powerful tool, but one that you have to develop as a tool. Uh, I know any number of people whom I've introduced to some aspect of meditation, and they essentially try it once or twice and say, well, it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the the knowledge that this is one of these practices that requires your patience and you return to it, it's a very simple idea, um, and that is, when uh, you perceive uh, a feeling come over you... uh, uh, an idea or a feeling, particularly a feeling that arises. You say uh, you have a sudden rush of anxiety or a sudden um, flare of anger or something, something of that sort. Whatever it might be, uh, um, a sexual urge. Um, to say, all right, go into your breathing. That is, um, go into the basic breathing of breathing in. I know I'm, I know I'm breathing in. Breathing out. I know I'm breathing out. And settle yourself in the breathing, and then once you feel a sense of being settled in your breathing, then add the thought, breathing in, I feel anger, breathing out, I embrace the anger. And just keep doing that. Okay, I'll come back to that in a minute because uh, the second thing I want to talk about is walking. Um, I do uh, most of my meditation walking as opposed to sitting. Uh, and uh, I'll just give you a little fill-in here on some um, things that I found. There is an old Latin phrase, salvitor ambulando. It is solved by walking. There's a centuries-old tradition that good ideas come while walking. Walking is found... Fun, uh, foundational to my creative life. Intuition and intellect, unconscious and conscious minds are engaged together by the alternating motion of the legs and swinging arms. The Danish philosopher Kierkegaard wrote the following, Above all, do not lose your desire to walk. Every day I walk myself into a state of well-being. I have walked myself into my best thoughts. If one just keeps on walking, everything will be all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very fine idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've used it for years. Uh, this is um, it's not, will I get to time to walk or will I get time to exercise? But particularly, will I get time to walk? That's not the question. It is now a fundamental, foundational part of, of how I live and how I do my, uh, my creative work. So, the holding exercise I do while walking, uh, and I can describe it uh, a little bit to you. Um, but I, I do a lot of walking out in the Blue Mountain on the trails out there. Um, and to go into that mode of breathing, settling the breathing while walking, breathing in, I know I'm breathing in, breathing out, and just moving with that until, until you feel settled And then the thought that might come to mind, and the ones that I've been working on lately have to do with sexual abuse, and I can begin to hold a thought of that sort, say, realizing that there was sexual abuse, embracing that, hold that thought, hold it, and continue with that, continue with it, again and again and again, breathing in. I have this feeling, breathing out, I hold this feeling. Patiently doing this until it begins to shift. It will shift, it will show you another word, it will show you another thing, another picture, another thought. Some element of it will rise from your deeper place and come into your conscious mind. When that happens, you say, aha, uh-huh, and you hold that. And so the process is ongoing. Um, over time, it opens the deeper places that are touched, that, that, that are holding all these elements for you. But it is patient work. Um, so there are several words here. Uh, which if you remember nothing else of what I have to say Uh, the first is a phrase which I discovered some while ago and use a lot just show up (laughs) be present Um, if you show up to do something, something can happen if you don't show up, nothing can happen (laughs) pretty simple the other is patience and persistence and the same word as persistence is tenacity So one um, uh, phrase came to mind as I was doing one of these meditations on the issues that I just described. And suddenly in my mind, and I mentioned this before in in sangha it was a nice moment, there arose the, 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 the thought, be patient, you are loved. And I have to say that that thought has been a sustaining thought, Uh, and I can go back to it again and again and again, be patient, you are loved. (laughs) And I want to offer that to you, Uh, for each of you. Be patient with yourself, be patient, you are loved. (laughs) And that's a a very beautiful thing. And that's the end of my thoughts.